Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Listen to this. This is good for all of us. God is not focusing on your past, but your future. Imitate him. See, Peter could have got into one of these sad things. Hey, China, last night didn't work. Why should we do it tonight? I'm a total failure. I hear some of you already. I failed last year. I tried this. It didn't work. The marriage failed. The finances failed. The Bible study failed. You're going to read the Bible. It failed. My devotions failed. God is not interested in what you failed at last year. He's interested in your future. Today, Pastor Mark teaches a great principle for every Christian to embrace. He says that if you see something in God's Word and it speaks to your heart, you should do it. We're learning that human wisdom and past failures can cause us to miss out on blessings from God. Peter is a great example of someone who, reluctant at first, chose to obey and experience the miraculous power of God. The Bible is filled with people, men and women, who basically made excuses out of fear of the unknown. Don't set yourself up for a good excuse. Allow God to open your mind to something different. Just obey. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Ephesians, chapter 3, verse 20, with his continuing study entitled, God Size Your Future. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. So what we believe about God and His Word will have an incredible impact on your life this year. We see this repeated, 2 Samuel, I have it for you, and the overhead says this, As for God, His way is perfect. The word of the Lord is flawless. He is a shield for all who take refuge in Him. So God, the creator of the universe, writing through Agar, says, I'm all-knowing. I live outside of time. Did you know that? God, God lives outside of time tonight. And He has a perfect picture of what's going to take place. He knows whether the Cubs will ever, if you're from Chicago, I'm picking on you tonight. But God knows. Not that he cares, but he knows. So, is it important that we be able to trust God's word? Absolutely. Listen, we can trust God's word to be 100% accurate, even about the future, comma, your future. So as we go through it tonight, you will see some things about your future in God's word. It's going to be exciting when we get there. Now look at verse six. Not only does Agar get a a great theological statement that every word of God is flawless, but then he gives a pretty severe warning. Look what God says to Agar. Do not add to his words. 
or he will rebuke you, notice, and prove you a liar. So we are warned not to add anything to God's word. Why? Because it's not lacking. It's totally sufficient. So not only can we know that God's word is accurate, but God adds we can trust that his word is 100% sufficient. Anything we need to know about life, your family, the future, is found in God's word. God doesn't sit up in heaven and go, oh man, I forgot to put that in there. (laughs) Think about this. Have you ever, I know you have, you've opened a, a gift that you got your kids for Christmas and it has all these parts you got to put together. Hmm? And there's always one at the, either got two left over or one short. And you wonder if it's going to work or not. That's not the way God's word is. It's exactly right. And when you and I have any need in our life, you can find the answer. In his word. It's totally accurate, reliable, and sufficient. Now, why the confusion then about the Bible? It's because of one thing. Satan, his number one attack is always against the word of God. Why? Because it is the only source of truth. There is no source of truth outside of God's word. So Satan's after it. In the Garden of Eden, he started with Eve. He tried to get her to say, I don't believe in God's word. Later in, to Moses in Deuteronomy chapter 2, God says this, Moses, teach the people not to add or subtract from the word. Just keep what I said as true. In the very last book of the Bible, Revelation chapter 22, I have for you on the overhead. Look what Jesus says. You don't need to turn there. Look what he says. I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If anyone, what's the word? Adds anything to them, God will do what? He'll get the plagues. Well, that's a pretty specific warning, isn't it? So you don't want to add to God's word. Well, let's go to the next verse. And if anyone takes words away from this book of prophecy... God will take away from him his share in the tree of life and in the holy city, which are described in this book. So we don't want to add. We don't want to take it away. Yet today, today, do we see God's word being added to and taken away from? Certainly, by Satan, all through it. Continually and successfully, Satan does it. You say, well, what are you talking about, Pastor Mark? Books like Chicken Soup for the Soul, Tuesday for Maury's, Conversations with God, which should be titled Conversations with Satan. The Quran, the cults, Mormons, Jehovah Witness, Scientology have all added to the word of God and taken away from it. Liberal theologians, the Jesus Seminar that's so popular in our world, they have reduced basically the Bible down to nothing. They've taken away from it. But none of these substitutes even as popular as there are, have answers to life. You see, the Bible is the only roadmap, the only true way to life. So we can be confident that God, who is the creator of the universe, was certainly able to 40 guys 
give us a book that we can base our life on. And that's what he's done. He did it over many years. 66 books, 40 authors, and all kind of languages, but one main author, and it was God. You can trust it. Now, you say, well, Pastor Mark, thanks for the information, but realistically, um, I'm a Christian. I don't add or subtract from the Bible. No, we don't. But we do this. I believe many of us simply limit the power of God's Word in our life. I believe that many of us have allowed our faith to shrivel. I believe many of us have just been going through a spiritual kind of a circus wheel. We're just kind of in a rut. Yeah, that's God's word I've heard. Yeah, it's true. Big deal. Well, it is a big deal. And it will change our lives. I want to give you four keys tonight. This is God's word to you tonight for your life. Number one, turn with me into the book of Ephesians chapter three. Number one, expect God to do great things. God size your future. I'm not talking about the person next to you. I'm talking about you now. Expect God to do great things. God size your future. Let's look at Ephesians 3 verse 20. Now to him, God, who is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine, according to, circle the word, his power that is at work Within, circle the word, us. God wants to do more in our lives right now. Right now. It's possible. Look at this verse. I have it for you in the overhead. Second Chronicles 16, verse 9 says this, For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to Him. You see, God, God is always looking. And when He's looking at man, He says, Oh, please get it tonight. Get it His eyes are going throughout the universe. And he's saying to you, how big am I in your life? A.W. Tozer says it like this. God is looking for those whom he can do the possible. What a pity. We plan only the things that we can do by ourselves. You see, God is looking to use you as a conduit. To work through you. But so many of us, we, we're just out doing our own thing. In our own strength. In our own power. What are you expecting God to do in and through your life? You see, God knows our potential. And it's not what we imagine. God has put within us tremendous potential. He visualizes it. He sees it. We often don't get it. We limit God. So I want to challenge you tonight. Number one, expect God to do great things. God size your future. Turn with me to the book of Luke, chapter 5. Second point, step out in faith when God commands. Step out in faith when God commands. Not before, not after, when. You have to wait on His timing. Now in Luke, chapter 5, verse 4, I'll pick it up for you. The first three verses, basically, Jesus began to teach the people. And he came, and there were so many people on the seashore, Galilee, that he saw some boats. And he said to Peter, 
I'm going to get in your boat, take me out a little bit, just a little bit out in the shallow water so I can teach the people so they can see me. So Peter took him out in the boat. There they are, shallow parts, Jesus is teaching. Now he finishes his teaching, the people, but he's going to teach some tremendous principles to his disciples. I want you tonight to be Peter. You see, this isn't the first time Peter and the disciples had met Jesus. They'd met him before. They'd dealt with him before. They'd been challenged to follow him before. They were working all this over. I want you to think about yourself tonight. It's good in the Bible. You see, the Bible's filled with pictures and sights and sounds and smells. Put yourself on the seashore. Galilee, whatever. By the way, it's a beautiful place. It's gorgeous. Picture yourself tonight as Peter and you're in the boat. And you've been cleaning the nets and Jesus has been teaching. You've been listening to him. It's been exciting. Now, look what Jesus says to you. Verse 4. When he finished speaking, he said to Simon, another name for Peter, put out into, circle the word, deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Now, immediately, Peter being the fisherman had a vision of what would happen if he obeyed Jesus. It's a well-known fact, certainly still to this day. You can't net them in the day because they go to the deep to get away from you and your nets can't get down to where they are. Now, Peter knew this. He had human vision. Here's the problem with human vision. Human vision by itself is flawed since it's always based on self. Get this down. What God wants to do with you, if it's just something, you know, like positive confession and you're working it up in your mind, you can kiss it goodbye, baby. Because if God isn't in it, forget it. Peter isn't saying they're going, okay, like take the boat out now, I'm going to show you a great miracle. Peter isn't even thinking that way. But sometimes you hear these positive confession speakers on television. They're not even pastors. They're just motivational speakers. Now, they're on the motivational speaker. I love motivational speakers as long as it's backed by God's word. So human vision by itself is flawed because it just says, wow, watch me. This isn't what God's going to talk about at all. And that's not what God's going to say to you tonight. You watch how good you can be. We already know how good we can be. Now, Peter had a vision. He knew what would happen. Jesus says, go out in the deep. We're going to catch lots of fish. Peter, from his human viewpoint, said, not a chance. This isn't going to work. Now, look at the next verse. It kind of reminds us of us. Simon answered, Peter answered, well, master, um, um, we worked hard all night fishing. And uh, to be honest, we didn't catch anything. We're the professionals. We fished at our favorite spots, the ones we've always fished at. We, we absolutely worked ourselves to death. And you saw us cleaning our nets. There wasn't a thing in there. We got nothing. You see, the Bible is filled with people. What Peter's doing basically is this. He, he's setting himself up for a good excuse. Why should I go to the deep? This is a waste of my time. It ain't going to happen. My vision can tell you already. It won't work. It's not in the cards. The Bible is filled with 
people, men, women, throughout the Bible that basically made excuses when challenged. Moses, Abraham, Joshua, Gideon, David. Challenged them and they said, well, God, this is about all you can use me. Who, me? You remember, you, you remember Moses? Who, me, the stuttering man? You're going to use me? No way. That's what Peter was doing. But Jesus had a way about him. And Peter, I'm sure, as he listened to this teaching, began to think, hmm, what if something's different here? You see, Peter's like you and me. Remember, we're Peter in the boat. What excuses would you have had? Same. Same. Peter hasn't seen miracles. He's not sure what's happening here. Look what happens. See, what God's going to do, what Jesus is going to do here, he's trying to open these guys' minds to something different. He's trying to say to him, Peter, in a moment, if you'll, listen, if you'll just obey me. Old fisherman, Peter, if you'll just simply obey me, I'm going to show you what I want to do in your life. Now, what does the Bible say about our future? Let me just read you some, and I'm going to zip them off. You can't even write them. Here we go. Listen. Just listen. Is God's word true? How many times does God have to say something so that we believe it? As a trick question. Once. So, here's what God thinks about us. Watch. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Nothing is impossible with God. No weapon formed against me will prosper. I can have the mind of Christ. It's not by your strength or your power, but my spirit that works in you. Those are all biggies. From God to who? Raise your hand. To me. Do you believe it's for you tonight? Do you? Do you? It's God's word. How much of it is true? All of it. All of it. 100% of it. Accurate. Well, look at verse 5. Peter got smart. He said, we've worked all night, haven't caught anything, but. Usually when you see but, you go, uh-oh, but this is a good but. <laughs> Notice, because you say so. Circle the words, and right on top of it, just put the word of God. Jesus says, Peter, let's go out deep. Peter's getting ready to make lots of excuses. Well, God, you look at my life last year and didn't do too good. Kind of failed a lot of times and whatever. Why should I do anything different? God says, come on, Peter. And he's saying it to you tonight. So Peter says, well, but because you've said it in your word, I'm going to do it. That's a great principle for all Christians. When you see God say it and it speaks to your heart, do it. Go for it. That's what he says. Well, take a look at what happens. Look what he says. He says, because you say so, I will let down the nets. You know what's interesting? Peter was going to go, even though the night before, he failed as a fisherman. Now, you don't hear fishermen say they failed too often. You know, the big one that got away. Here, commercial fishermen came in and said, we were there last night, nothing. So, what does that say? Listen to this. This is good for all of us. God is not focusing on your past, but your future. Imitate him. See, Peter could have got into one of these sad things. Hey, China, last night didn't work. Why should we do it tonight? I'm a total failure. 
I hear some of you already. I failed last year. I tried this. It didn't work. The marriage failed. The finances failed. The Bible study failed. You're going to read the Bible. It failed. My devotions failed. God is not interested in what you failed at last year. He's interested in your future. Notice he doesn't care a thing that Peter caught nothing the night before. He's interested in your future, in my future. Man, am I glad of that, aren't you? Because if we started listing the failures, whew, I mean, there's not, I mean, there's a lot of failures in our lives. But God isn't interested in our failures. He, he sees a future in Peter that Peter doesn't get yet. And man, he sees a future in you and me that we don't get yet. Hmm. Verse 6. Now, when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. God honored the obedience and faith of Peter. The catch of fish was what? It was biggie. It was biggie size. It was biggie size. It was God sized. Now stop for a moment and ask yourself a question. How did God do it? I don't know how God did it. But by the way, did he do it? I read some Bible commentators and they say this was no big deal because Jesus had this favorite fishing place and he knew where to go and get. What a. <laughs> These are Bible commentators. Thank you, Jesus, for that faith. No, he did it. We don't know how he did it, but he did it because he was God. I don't know whether he went, come fish. Well, I don't know what he did. I could do that all day long. Sometimes a dog comes, some doesn't. Fish did not come. Is that, is that right? <laughs> Humanly, this was impossible. Now, let's drop back a moment. You're in the boat. You begin hauling this in. What's your emotions? You know what? I believe I probably would have begun. I, I've been laughing and probably crying at the same time. Because you're going to see the real emotion that's good. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. Verse 7, so they signaled their partners on the other boats to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. Here's a key. Our faith, our obedience will increase the faith of others. You see, if you'll get it, it will challenge those around you. In your home, in your Bible study, at work, in your Sunday school class. I'm praying God give me more faith this year so I can challenge you. You see, if we get it, the other boats were looking on and going, what is going on over there? And notice something very important. Peter didn't say, I want it all to myself. Let's just keep it right here, Jesus. No, he says, come on, let's go for it. Come on and join you. See, that's what God wants. God wants us to follow Him not because of fear, but in response to love. Pastor Mark did a great job encouraging us to step out in faith so that we can experience life beyond what we could ever imagine. Remember, you can't be afraid of failure, and you've got to start somewhere if you're ever going to do life right. What's holding you back? Whatever it is, get rid of it and get ready because you haven't seen anything yet. Thanks so much for joining us today. Pastor Mark will continue to go through this series in the next edition of Lessons for Living. 
To add today's message to your study library, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. The cost for each CD is $5, and that includes shipping. Again, to place an order for a CD, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. Now here's Josh with today's message number and title. Thanks. The message number from today's broadcast is 4028, and the title of this message is God Size Your Future. Again, today's message number is 4028, and the title of this message is God Size Your Future. Next time on Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will share four keys to removing the excuses that keep you from experiencing the power of God in your life. Make sure to tune in and bring your beach towel because you'll be transported back in time to witness the miracle of events that transformed Peter from a commercial fisherman into an eternal fisher of men. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue sharing with us from the book of Proverbs. That's next time on Lessons for Living. Let us hear your